0: Well, good morning, church. How are you doing? You good? It's great to be in worship together this morning. This is the third Sunday of a church season called Lent, this season that leads up to Easter. And as Northside Church, we are taking this time to focus in on the Bible verse that you just read in that amazing bumper video, John 3.16, the beloved Bible verse that many folks probably have heard or known and I'm going to quote Dr. Bill who quotes Max Lucado who wrote a book that partially inspired the sermon series 316 by saying if you know nothing about the Bible begin here and if you know everything about the Bible return here. This one verse succinctly captures one of the essential essences of the gospel message. And I believe that it is worth saying together as a church family. So you're going to see the verse before you on the screen, and we are all going to read it together. Would you join me? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Y'all sound good. Well done. Last week, we looked at the first phrase in this verse For God so loved the world. And now we turn to the next three words that God gave. That God gave. Now, I don't know about y'all, but gift giving stresses me out. I am not a great gift giver, so when a birthday comes along or when Christmas comes around, it brings a lot of anxiety in the pit of my stomach. And I know that there are some people who are truly gifted gift givers, yet that is not me. Although Even when I'm doing premarital counseling with a couple before I officiate a wedding, I recommend the book, The Five Love Languages. Have you all heard about this book? I'm seeing some nods. It's it's a good book. It's a helpful way to talk about how you can communicate with your spouse. It has five different love languages. Words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, and, of course, gift giving. Now, there's this great self-evaluation, self-inventory quiz that comes along with all good money-making books. And every time I take this quiz, I score lowest on gift giving. It is not my preferred way of communicating and expressing my love and appreciation for folks. Yet, gift giving is part of our relationships. It is a tangible, normally, physical representation of how we care about another person. And so whether you are that great gift giver or whether or not you're more like me, we build relationships through giving gifts. It's one of the ways we communicate. And indeed, it is one of the ways that God communicates with us. God is giving God has a giving nature. And so we look at the phrase, that God gave. The first word in the phrase is that. If you remember your grammar from school, it is a conjunction. This conjunction shows result. And so you have to know the first phrase, for God so loved the world, that. The reason for God's giving nature is God's love for us. God gives because God loves. God gives because God loves. So we get to the verse that God gave. God has a giving nature because God loves us. And we see it all throughout the Bible from the very beginning. The first verse in the Bible is in the beginning... The Lord created the heavens and the earth. The very first verse of the Bible is a gift for us. All of creation is God's gift for us. In fact, it might be the first place I would point to somebody if that person was not a Christian or if that person didn't even believe in God. I would point to the beauty of the world around us to show God's existence The gift of creation is evidence of God's love for us. Who but God could bring a sunrise in the mountains or a sunset at the beach? Who but God could arrange the stars in the sky and know them by name? That is indescribable. That is what we sang about this morning. God's gift of creation is evident in the world around us. But it's also evident in the people that we see. We celebrate baptisms. We celebrate children's moments. And children, grandchildren in our lives are another example of the gifts of God's creation in our life. God gives us the gift of creation. And as we read through the Old Testament, we also see God building relationship through covenant. Now, some of you may have been with us a couple of months ago as we began this journey through Route 66, as we're going to read through the New Testament. And before we did that, Dr. Bill preached on the Old Testament in 20 minutes. If you remember that sermon, or if you just happen to know and love the Old Testament, then you will know a central element to the Old Testament is this idea of covenant. It is the way that God is in relationship with us. and It is the way that God's people are set apart as God's. Covenant is an essential element of our relationship with God. And it occurs over and over again, starting immediately after creation. God makes covenant with Noah. Then God makes covenant with Abraham. God makes covenant with Moses and David and the prophets like Jeremiah. God is a covenant-making God. We see God tell Abraham that he'll have more descendants than the stars in the sky. We see God set up the Ten Commandments with Moses. And these are blessings. These are ways to initiate relationship with us. God is a giving God. But the ultimate gift, the greatest gift, the gift that we are talking about right now in this series is the gift of God's Son. We read it in John three sixteen, God's one and only Son, or only begotten Son. And that is a beautiful and a simple way to understand it. But if we keep reading through the New Testament, we'll get to a tiny book called Philippians. And within Philippians, in chapter 2, is a hymn. And for us, it's just five verses in the Bible. But the early church used this hymn as a way of reciting and remembering and teaching who Jesus is. And so Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11, teaches an essential nature of God's giving, Who Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. But rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself, being obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is an important passage because it teaches us the nature of Jesus, and the nature of Jesus is one of sacrifice. He made himself nothing, even though he was Lord over heaven. And earth, He emptied out himself. The church theologians call this kenosis. It is God sacrificing and emptying himself to give to us. God's nature is to give, to sacrifice, to empty. But oftentimes our nature is to take. And so while we know that when we look at Jesus... We will see the divine nature of God to give. We also think that as we read the Bible, we'll see that same nature in some of the biblical heroes. But that doesn't always hold up. Even the heroes in the Bible seem to have this fallen human nature. And I'm thinking about King David. Now, you all probably know the story of David, or at least one of the stories of David, right? You probably know David and Goliath. Many of you might also know that David was a man after God's own heart. And so David is really elevated throughout the Bible. Somebody that we aspire to. But also David was human just like you and me. Now, we love this story because David comes from humble beginnings, the kind of story that we love. He is the youngest of all the brothers. He's the one that you would have never picked to be captain of the football team. But he wanders on to this battlefield. And lo and behold, he triumphs and slays Goliath. And he is the champion of the people. And then David, I'm going to say, hustles. And David works hard. He he becomes the... Harp player for the king. He begins leading armies. He begins gaining favor with the people. They begin following him. And we're all rooting for David. And then even when things turn south for David and the king thinks he's starting to coup, David's able to escape. He's able to continue avoiding the king. And then somehow David reconciles with the king so that when Saul goes away, David becomes king. We're all rooting for David. He has this incredible story And then things take a turn. And they turn when David stops giving and David starts taking. David, when he reaches a place of power, is surveying his kingdom from a rooftop. And he sees a woman named Bathsheba taking a bath. And he decides to begin taking for himself. And one stumble leads to another where he takes Bathsheba's husband's life. And slowly, as he reaches this turning point, things in his world begin to devolve into chaos. There's discord and violence among his family and his children. And after David starts taking instead of giving, nothing is ever quite the same. We see it in the stories of people in the Bible, and we see it when people encounter Jesus. There's a story about uh, Someone called the rich young ruler. We read about in the New Testament. This guy approaches Jesus and asks, "What must I do to inherit eternal life?" Now, this individual—he was young, he was a ruler, he had power, he had wealth—and so Jesus asks him if he's followed the commandments. I imagine for us it would be as if uh, someone asked the question, "Have Have you been a good Christian?" And this man responds, Yes, I've I've followed the commandments. And so Jesus' response to that is to say, Then sell all you have and follow me. And this morning I want to translate that to say, stop taking and start giving. If you want the things that are eternal, stop taking and start giving. Jesus is the example of what it means to sacrifice in the right way. Jesus, the one who came into this world as a human. Jesus, the one who washed his disciples' feet like a servant. Jesus, the one who made children at the center of his ministry. Jesus, who had all the power in heaven and on earth, chooses to give. So as a church, we choose to give. As a church, we choose to engage in mission. We choose to give our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. As a church, we choose to spend Saturdays volunteering with Habitat for Humanity. We choose to give to fund and support that. There are other church members who choose to give each month to support organizations like Trinity or Covenant House. Monthly. There are individuals within this church who give by taking time to buy groceries, taking time to prepare meals, taking time to go down and break bread with those who are experiencing homelessness or addiction. It is choosing to give in these situations that help us reflect God's divine nature to the world. Northside chooses to give financially to the needs around the country. You've already heard us mention Ukraine and pray for that situation here as a church. And as a church, Northside has responded the way we always do. We have prayed, we have discerned, and we've talked with the partners that we already have with boots on the ground. And we've decided to commit $50,000 to UMCOR, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, because we know 100% of that goes to people who are in need. We are giving because we know that is essential for those who are in need. And you, Northside, have the opportunity to stop taking and choose to give. To give wherever God is calling you, in whatever way God is calling you. Now we're focusing a lot on John 3.16, but later on in that very chapter, John the Baptist is talking. In verse 30, he has a prayer that I think is, gets at the heart of this message. John the Baptist says, Jesus must become greater. I must become less. And so that's what I'll leave you with here today. That's what I'll charge you to do as you try to discern where it is that you need to stop taking, where it is that you need to start giving. Where is it that you're struggling to make a difficult decision? May your prayer be Jesus. May I become less that you might become greater. Let's pray. Holy God, we know that you meet us here. And so show us the ways that we can empty ourselves, that we might be full of your Holy Spirit, that our deeds and our work might become less in this world, that your goodness and your love might become more known. God, may our nature be one of giving so that we can reflect your greatness to the world around us. Amen.